Blog Talk Radio. It is early November, and NFL season's underway, World Series is over, sooner than it was supposed to be, uh, in large part because Daniel Murphy just couldn't swing the bat. <laughs> uh, we are having our podcast a little early today, because Jim Bozinski is in Iowa, in the wilds of Iowa. Well, not really the wilds of Iowa. He is at uh, University of Iowa, visiting a friend. He often goes out there. And, of course, he so he probably has forgotten that we're starting this early. So we'll wait till he calls in. But uh, I guess just kind of start off quickly with the, the World Series. It was interesting that uh, that the World Series kind of ended the way it did. And with the with the Mets getting kind of just swept out of the swept out of the of the World Series. I mean not swept, but losing four to one was, was pretty surprising. And uh and uh, and you know, in large part that was because Daniel Murphy was uh, kind of the star for the Mets of the playoffs until of course they hit the World Series and Murphy batted three for twenty. Had three errors. I am sorry, two errors, both of which really had a big impact on the outcome of games four and five, and led to the Royals um, winning. And it was interesting, you know. <laughs> I, I, Jim and I have have been on Daniel Murphy's butt for the uh, last few months about his anti-gay comments. And Jim, I got to tell you, I I I I took a lot of joy in in watching this Mets team lose because of what Murphy said about the gay lifestyle and his Christian beliefs. And it's just kind of interesting that uh, you know, while while certainly I can't blame Mets fans, whether gay or straight, for cheering for the Mets, it, his comments really made me want that team to lose. Well, you know, I found the same thing. I mean, it was sort of like I, I, it was what got me was his thanking and basically saying God help them win the Dodgers series. You know, God was at work in the seventh inning or whatever it was, game five against the Dodgers. You know, when he committed an error, I didn't hear him talking about how it was God that uh, caused him to commit an error. So I just, you know, it's that kind of that hypocrisy they have of, you know, God is great, God is good, God is, you know, wants us to win, which, of course, ignores the fact that Clayton Kershaw, the Dodgers, is a huge outspoken Christian, so I guess God wanted him to lose. But, yeah, there was something kind of gleeful about it, and I found that from a lot of people about Daniel Murphy, people who just normally maybe would have rooted for the Mets just didn't want him to win simply because of that one guy. Yeah, it, it is funny, and so I, I every well, several of the games after the game, I would kind of write, oh, you know, 
kind of the God update, what, what, what God chose to do in a particular game and, and that he was abandoning Daniel Murphy's bat. And it was incredible how many people, uh, how many, you know, a lot of clearly anti-gay people, a lot of people who are Christians were coming after me, one as though I, I was serious that God had actually chosen the Royals to win, but two, they were very angry that I would assert that God would, you know, worry about a baseball game when I never hear them voice that concern when, yes, a, a Christian praises God for for helping his team win, but, but, but when you blame God for a team losing, all of a sudden a lot of these people were, were very upset about it. It was so strange. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's the thing that just annoys me the most about athletes and, and this whole Christianity. It's just this idea that, A, their supreme being they believe in actually cares what the game is, but it's always done when they win. It's like never when they lose. Well, God is is God testing you? Did God did you do something? Did you commit a sin or something on the way to the ballpark? Um, but yeah, and I did actually got a really I got I got a lot of letters because I talked about Daniel Murphy about two weeks ago and got a lot of you know, typical sort of what you would call nasty email people. And I got one with the subject line, you know, Daniel, you're Daniel Murphy. I said, oh, God, here we go again. And it was a, a again, Christian who agreed with me and said, you know, not everybody is, you know, not everybody feels this way, although I know I'm in the minority. And it was kind of like it was fascinating to hear that point of view from a Christian saying, yeah, you're right about that, these people who kind of, throw God in your faces or simply to him, they're sort of alien to this guy. Um, and I found it interesting just because it's like you said, it's that people sort of said, oh, you're somehow mocking religion. You're not mocking his religion. You were sort of taking it to its logical extreme. Well, Daniel Murphy said God helped him win uh, the NLCS. He must have not wanted him to win the World Series. Yeah, well, it's it's it's... <laughs> I've I've written before about the hypocrisy of 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 different people who are Christian, and I, it's funny. I consider myself a a Christian atheist. That is, I don't really believe in in God. I don't really believe in this this uh, higher being that's pulling the strings up in heaven. But I I, I you know a lot of the the values and virtues of of true Christianity in, in the New Testament. I really prescribed to and and I think it was a really powerful way of living and we talk a lot I talk a lot about the hypocrisy of so many Christians that they want to pick kind of pick and choose the values that they 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 prescribe to and and certainly uh you know it's it, it, it it's no surprise I guess that, you, that when when God does good things they they want to give it all to God when God does bad things it's all about uh I don't know the you know if a hurricane hits New Orleans, all well, it was because the gays were going there, or uh, all the all the kind of stuff that that Pat Robertson brings up. But they were my my guess is uh, whether they were Christian or not, there was lots going on in in Houston this week when sixty one percent of the people there, sixty one percent. I mean, you can't get sixty one percent of the people to agree on a lot in a in in. At, at the voting booth, but 61% of people in Houston decided that discrimination against LGBT people was something that needed to be protected in in, in the, <clears throat> the Houston city limits. I think there are so many different angles that we could we could we could tackle here, Jim. But you know, the one that I was writing about a lot yesterday was that the NCA and and NFL 
Uh, well, they don't care. Like they are going to continue on their with the Final Four. They're going to continue with the Super Bowl, and uh, they could move these events. They're just not going to. Is this a surprise to you? Is it disappointing? What what's your feeling about them? And or should they should they not move these events? Should they just leave them there and and move on? Well, I mean, I guess I don't have a, a what what we call clear cut answer. It's actually not a surprise. I mean, I think people have brought up the Martin Luther King birthday example with Arizona back in the '90s, and the difference is they're back black players in the league. Unfortunately, there are no openly gay players in the league. So I think that has something to do with, there's no pressure group that's sort of saying, Hey, we don't feel comfortable going to this place. Um, yet I do think there's something to be said about the power of these events to say, well, you know, this city has come out and actively said, we don't want protections for this group of people. And the NFL says it's, you know, for LGBT rights. And yet, to continue with that. They even blink yesterday. They didn't say we're going to reevaluate it. Or I, I expected them to maybe say we're going to look better, but boy, they came right out and said, oh, not moving. Um, so I guess I'm not surprised. I'm disappointed. Um, I'm just disappointed by the whole kind of aspect that, you know, the way that vote went down in Houston was such fear mongering. I mean, it was called the bathroom bill because the thing they all the opponents latched onto was the idea that, you know, oh my God, you know, weirdos will get to use any bathroom they want to. And they just brought up the most vile things, A, that don't happen anyway. There's no examples of people willingly using the women's bathroom, you know, to be who are, say, quote unquote, perverts, you know, people who want to rape people or assault. And there's crimes against that, any, I'm sorry, there's laws against those crimes anyway. So they were making this straw man argument. And that's, I think, what really was, seemed to be the reason this, this ordinance went down because of the whole idea of, you know, gee, letting trans people use the bathroom of their choice somehow was twisted to this being this evil thing. And it was really sad to see how that percentage of people kind of fell for that. And you had the Lieutenant governor of the state kind of crowing about, you know, how it, how it happened and just the total disinformation and the idea that that people said, well, there's protections already at the federal level yeah, well, that was for disabled people and veterans. There's their their laws, but there are no laws federally to protect LGBT people from discrimination, which now is legal in the city of Houston. Um, in terms of what the sports thinks, I wish the NFL had at least said they were going to consider it. I'm not surprised. Um, we have our young teenage writer. He's going to be posting something later in his NFL column. Lives in Houston, thinks you know Houston should get a chance to show that it's not discriminatory, and points out in his article. You know, the NCAA is having events in other states and other cities that do not have LGBT protection. So why aren't we saying all those places should be kind of, uh, you know, have their their events removed? Yeah, there are a handful of major cities that don't have ordinances, some kind of protection for LGBT people. And and it is a small handful. Uh, Certainly, um, you know, I think there's a to 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 talk about Jeremy's point that oh well you just can't you can't ask them to move this because you're not going to ask them to move that I think that's a that's a false choice there's a big difference between ah we're hosting a playoff game and we're hosting the Super Bowl we're hosting the Final Four these are marquee events and you know one one big difference is for the the Final Four every year the uh, the, the basketball coaches the men's basketball coaches association always has their annual convention at the Final Four. It's not 
not in Oklahoma where they're having a second round game. It's at the Final Four because that is the signature event. That's the event you hang your hat on. Anthony Nicodemo is not going to go this year. He's been, what, 14 in the last 15 years. He's a high school basketball coach, and he's not going to go to that convention now with all of his peers because of this law. And that that's the problem with it. This is not some second-round game between Tulsa and Illinois State. This is the Final Four. And to me, there's a huge difference in message and who gets attracted to the event, and I think that you, you have to take that into consideration. Yeah, and I do think I hope that that people in groups and conventions put pressure on Houston because that kind of stuff works if you had large groups canceling conventions. I know what's interesting is that, well, one, Hero did pass his ordinance. It passed the city council, so it did have support from the city leaders. Unfortunately, it got put on a ballot referendum was overturned, and there's a lot of, a lot of corporations in Houston that are trying to do what they're calling their own, you know, unofficial hero laws that, they're they're fearful that people will start canceling conventions. I mean, if I had a convention to go in Houston, I would not go because of this. I mean, 61% of the people saying, yeah, we think it's okay to discriminate against LGBT people. And it's, you know, it's a real shame. And I think the business leaders in the city get it, get how this is bad for them. It's bad. Look, I mean, you're trying to recruit someone for any job, you know, especially jobs, say, in, a, in a, like a high tech or field, somebody, they're not going to look favorably on this. But it's, you know, NCAA basically is, is no moral authority left when they basically throw their hands up and say, well, we can't, you know, force anybody to do this and we're going to hold our event. At the same time, they claim they're all about inclusion and diversity and all that stuff, and yet they could easily move the Final Four if they wanted to, but they're not even looking at it. And the same thing with the NFL. So I think it kind of shows the we, – we keep winning these victories. Like we win gay marriage, I think a lot of people kind of said, okay, well, everything's over with now. We can all go home and – this kind of stuff keeps cropping up, even in a slightly less um, direct way in Kentucky, where they elected their first, but only their second governor in the last 48 years. But one of his things he ran on was Kim Davis and his huge support for Kim Davis and her denying licenses, marriage licenses, and her, you know, her opponent was, you know, and basically said Kim Davis should do her job. And I do think that was a big part in that election. So I, I think we think these these things are over, and yet at least in the states and in the cities. They're far from settled matters. Yeah, well, it, it, yeah, you can have – people have said for a while that, that, that equality goes beyond marriage, and I think marriage is the ultimate symbol of for the gay community anyway, not necessarily the trans community, mm-hmm. but the gay community because that's what that's how we're different. We are different because of what our – relationships look like. So the recognition of marriage is, to me, the, the ultimate. But we still have a lot of work to do in sports and obviously in different municipalities where people are getting discriminated against. Kim Davis is still, I saw earlier this week, fighting for the right to be able to deny marriage licenses. So these these these, these battles are going to continue to go on. Uh, and, and, you know, whether it's in, in Houston or, or anywhere else, um, well, something that you posted just earlier, um, uh, just a few minutes ago, about Lance Berkman, the the former Astros player, saying, "quote Tolerance is the virtue that is killing this country," and uh, that is that quote <laughs> is beyond. I don't know. It's 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 unreasonable. It's irrational. It's hateful. I mean, you're 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 actually saying 
I am against tolerance. That that is what he just said. That tolerance is actually the big problem with this country. Tolerating one another. Forget about it. acceptance. It, it and and that's the mentality. I'm sure that lots of people are like, yeah, you go get them, Lance. Well, 61% of the people kind of agreed with him. And in his quotes, if you read the quotes, he actually said, actually, I listened to the interview, and he actually said, I am not against discrimination. He used the word, and I knew that he probably meant the opposite. He's not even that stupid to say he's for discrimination, but he's so inarticulate. I'm not against discrimination, which is interesting. The Houston Chronicle took the word not out of their um, story. <laughs> Wait, that what? meaning the actual quote, the actual quote, if you listen to the quote on the radio, he said, I am not against discriminating, blah, 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 right, which is basically saying he's for discrimination. And the Houston Chronicle, in their write-up of it, took the word not out of the quote to have him say, I'm against discrimination, which that's not what he said. He said, I'm not against discriminating. Wow. It's an interesting editorial choice because I, I think I think even in that context, I think he meant he's against discrimination, but he didn't say that. He used the word not twice. You know, like, he's an idiot, but this guy, you know, was on the winning side. And you listen to this interview, and it's like being in a surreal world. He sounds like he's the one being persecuted. He used the word persecution in it. You know, he's a high school baseball coach, and he was told his kids, this is the proof that you have to stand up for what you believe in, even if you're in the minority. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, he's going to be educating these these kids on the field, and it's just, you know, it's kind of stunning. But that is sort of, again, every time we get these cold slaps in the face, you know, like thinking we've succeeded and we see this kind of stuff happening. Um, and it gets, well, I said, I wa- two you know, steps forward, one step back. Well, I, I, I watch... I watch tons of cable news. I watch MSNBC. I watch Fox News. I watch CNN. I don't watch any of the network network news, to be honest. But when I watch Fox News, it 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 really is. There is so much, and it's not the news. There's, well, I, there's a difference between a lot of the the news delivery during the day, like the guys like Brett Baer that I think is really good, and there's lots of commentary from guys like Bill O'Reilly, and I I, I can't stand Sean Hannity. I, I can't go. I can't even go there. But when you watch a lot of the commentators, not the guys who deliver the news, but the commentators come on, it is lots. It is tons of feeding people this idea that the majority of Americans are under siege, that white people are under siege, that Christians are under siege, that men are under siege, and 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 you know I guess it's one way of looking at tolerance and the uh, understanding of diversity that that straight white men uh, and Christians have had all this power. For 200 years in this country, and all of a sudden, because you know some other people want a piece of the pie, that you that you are now under siege and you have to stand up for yourself. So it it is not surprising that Berkman would say this and that he would try to educate his kids like that because that's what I see on television when I watch Fox. Well, and I do think it's a reaction to the you know increasing diversity of the country that you know we've had, and you know, we're both white men. And we've basically had all the power the entire existence of the country, and now that's still true in many cases, obviously, if you look at the leadership and you look at Congress and executive boards. But still, it's been, you know, it's kind of narrowing away, especially, you know, as the country gets more diverse and people feel threatened by that. And I think the way is to sort of then blame it as somehow it's a flaw as opposed to a virtue. To me, it's a virtue. 
you know, uh, the, the, the increased, you know, diversity of this country is it's a huge virtue. But to a lot of people, it's it's them under siege. And you're right. It's it's example. It's kind of like this Christian victimization. Christians are still, in terms of religious, make up a majority of Americans in this country. They're not under siege. Christianity is not being attacked by anybody. You know, the government isn't going after Christians in any way because they are Christian. It's like, yet they act like they're being persecuted for their beliefs. When it is like, no, we disagree with your beliefs and we'll call you out on it, but you're not being persecuted. No one's saying you can't practice your religion, Lance Berkman or anybody else. But, yeah, it is it is amazing, and I think we'll see more of this uh, at, at you know various localities and municipalities with elections when these things crop up. Because I, if you put gay marriage to a vote in 50 states, how many states do you think would vote for it right now? M- marriage? If you put gay marriage on a ballot in all 50 states, how many states do you think would, right now in 2015, vote for gay marriage? If I had to guess, right now I'd say maybe maybe half. Yeah, I would say 16 to 20 would be my guess, just roughly. Yeah, I, I think that 30 years from now it would be 40. I mean, yeah, I, or maybe the, even more. But still I think still going thirty years. Yeah, well, thirty years. Yeah, well. <laughs> but I mean, I'm saying this like I think it shows that we sort of that it, this happened fortunately because of, of the Supreme Court. But when you but you should never put rights before voters because in the early 1900s, the uh, residents in New Jersey were asked if women should be allowed the right to vote in an you know, and it was a ballot proposition of course it lost because the only people who could vote were men i mean it's like <laughs> but that's always the best example of why you should never put you know the rights uh, of anybody up for a vote um but i'm just saying is that you know we there's still this feeling out there and i think the gay marriage thing in states that maybe weren't ready for it and you know in their majority is just the kind of reaction you get in places like texas because it was a texas supreme court that ordered hero to be put on the ballot because it was passed by the city council, and apparently there was a, some city attorney thing that said you couldn't put this up for a vote, and it was overruled by the Texas Supreme Court. So um, we should be, expect to see, unfortunately, more of this, although I do agree with you. Years from now, it's going to be less and less of an issue. Well, yeah, it's, it, I, my, I wonder how many cities that you put this up for a vote an equal rights ordinance up for a vote, would it lose? I wonder how many different places would be like Houston. I mean, what do the people say about there about 200, 200 major cities or something like that that have these kinds of ordinances? All many many states like California, every city has it because it's a state law. I wonder how many cities, if you put it up for a vote, would reject would do the same thing that Houston did. I think in the South, probably 90% of them in the South. You know, maybe Atlanta might, you know, continue to vote that way. But I, you know, it's been in San Antonio. They've had a similar ordinance since 2013, and it's not been overturned. Um, I do think it'd be a depressing high percentage that would probably still do it. Even though, if you think about it, these places, things have been in existence, and the reality is nobody's lives are affected, right? I mean, people who might be opposed and they like, they probably don't even know there is this ordinance on the books. Because it doesn't affect them. It's simply there in case it's needed. And yet when right. you get the rabble-rousing in Houston against, you know, bathrooms and, you know, monsters and bat, it was like stunning the 
the imagery they use, and it was like so damn effective because people are ignorant, and you know, that's why it was called one the bathroom of the bill. That, one, one of the things I've been so disappointed with since since the vote has been the reaction by some people to say, well, you know, we, we should have just removed the trans rights. You know, we would, oh, yeah. we're, we're not we're not being protected because we have to we have to worry about trans rights, and we should have just. We should have just excluded bathrooms, and this would have passed. That's that's the whole point. Mm-hmm. You can't have equality for for some. You can't have you just you, it, it's not. And and people oh well, some people jumping on. We could have had marriage equality, and and we could have ended a lot. Uh, we could have we could have ended by now nationwide if we just excluded. Um, uh, Gender expression and and gender identity. The, if if the L, if the gay community abandons trans people, we are ten times worse than the rest of of the country because we know better. We know what it is like to be a tiny minority, and and to and to just abandon an an even tinier minority who. I have incredible fans, incredible friends who are trans. I don't want to abandon these people just because I, I would rather wait for my equality than than to, to to get mine sooner and watch people like Christina Carl and Chris Mosier and Fallon Fox have to have to languish struggling by themselves. It's, I just think that that has literally been the most disappointing part of this to see so many gay men say that. I'm uh, you're preaching to the choir. I'm with you. So, um, yeah, it, it is it is sad. And it, to, to sort of take that out would have been a terrible thing. So, yeah, it's Maybe better that the bill in, went down to defeat than to take it out. Just giving into the fear mongers. Yeah. And they would have wanted something else the next time. So there's never enough. Yeah. Well, um, well, I'm sure that there will be more conversation. I know the human rights campaign is demanding that the NFL fly to Houston and meet with them uh, to talk about the Super Bowl, <laughs> which 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 cracks me up since HRC has really no role in the sports and no interest mm-hmm. in sports except when they screw up a campaign and then want the NFL to fix it for them. But it will be interesting to see what happens in the coming weeks and. Weeks and months with Houston, if the NFL and NCAA do anything. Uh, um, one other little quick thing which was interesting to me uh, about about how fast the NFL moved. The NFL went with Indiana never made a statement, right? They never commented on the law in Indiana because they said, well, we're Correct. just going to wait and see what happened. This was, I mean, it was 12 hours after the vote, and probably eight of those hours Goodell was sleeping. So th- this was such a fast reaction to this law. And I think that from the NF, from the NFL, that's what was so disappointing to me, that they just didn't even think about it. They just don't care. Well, because when Arizona had a similar thing that was brewing, there were, you know, apparently threats about not holding the Super Bowl there, you know. or, or And so I was surprised that they didn't even say, we're going to review, we're going to reevaluate this. They simply said, nope, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And so that was really disappointing, and it really shows what the NFL is, um, really cares about which is, you know, basically kowtowing to one of its most powerful owners who happens to be on the Texans. Well, just uh, one last thing I wanted to, to hit on really quickly is, 
again, the, the power of visibility and, and just how far we have come in the sports world. I got to write a, a story about Ryan Meisner, a graduate assistant for Central Michigan University men's basketball team. Uh, you know, from everyone I talked to, he'll be an assistant coach soon. And, um, and, and when I met him at the Final Four just a few months ago, I remember him, he telling me that he could not possibly come out. And over the last seven months, he's come out to his team, the coaching staff, everyone at the school. And I know you'll be shocked by this, Jim. No one cares. Really? God, I'm surprised. I know. It's it's, it's groundbreaking. Uh, But, you know, it's amazing. that Every story that we write, it is groundbreaking for the person we write about. They're just shocked every time this happens. And every time it's the same thing. I'm scared to death they can't come out. I come out, everyone loves me. Why the heck didn't I do this sooner? And it's just even in central Michigan, literally the center of Michigan, rural Michigan, it's great to, to, to see this. Well, you, you, I, I liked your story, but there was one glaring omission. Oh, boy. No, no Speedo pictures. You talk about Speedo, 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 <laughs> Speedo, Speedo, and there's not a goddamn Speedo picture in one of them. So get on the uh, ball. Yeah, actually... It crossed my mind, but uh, Ryan, we haven't gotten Ryan in a Speedo. Oh, actually, yes, I did get Ryan in a Speedo at one point, I think, very briefly. Um, but will probably uh, better off yeah. if, it, if it's uh, for, his, for his future employment to uh, not have anybody in Speedo pictures. So. But I, I, yeah. I would have appreciated him. Next time around, well, uh, we'll check back with you next week. As always, this podcast is brought to you by AT&T, mobilizing your world. We'll be back next week. Hopefully talking about more good news.